In rolling more news headlines, first grade results in the northern region see wins to the Vikings and the Cannonballs, and in the southern region, wins to the Bulls and Thunder. Large growth in participation numbers right across the mid-north coast. A new competition kicks off on Friday night. Multiple mid-north coast players have been playing in the Super W competition and debuts in Brisbane's Hospital Cup and Sydney's Jack Scott Cup. That's all from the Rolling Mall News Headlines. Results from across the zone. Starting with the CH Group Northern competition and starting with the under-14s. The Cos Harbour Snappers Black defeated the Cos Harbour Snappers Red 22-19. to The SAU Marlins defeated the Kempsey Cannonballs 33-15. And the Hastings Valley Vikings defeated the Port Macquarie Pirates 29-12. In the under-16s, the Marlins defeated the Cannonballs 55-0. In the under-18s, the Snappers defeated the Pirates 32-24. This was played as a round zero fixture. The Vikings defeated the Pirates 34-0 and the Marlins defeated the Cannonballs 22-21. In the women's, the Pirates defeated the Vikings 98-0 and the Marlins defeated the Cannonballs 26-22. In reserve grade, the Pirates defeated the Vikings 15-5. The Cannonballs defeated the Marlins 25 5 and the Snappers defeated the Bowerville Goennas 27-12. In first grade, the Potahori Pirates defeated the Hastings Valley Vikings 31-26 at Oxley Oval. The Pirates started the game on fire, aided by a strong coastal sea breeze, to score early tries to set up a strong lead. They used their set piece and strong ball carriers to put the Vikings on the back foot their backs then exploited the space. With their number 9, Cooper Rachelt, and their number 11, Connor Robertson, scoring the first two tries. The Vikings responded and started to get a foothold in the game. They started to make inroads into the Pirates' defence, and even with a few new names on the team sheet that Viking DNA runs deep, they closed the deficit to see this game be a grandstand finish. The Pirates' lack of discipline cost them two yellow cards with number 19, Aidan Leibutt, and number 12, Veneva van Gartbacker. These two cards really opened the door for the Vikings, but despite this, the Pirates had the composure and class to take out a round one Port Derby victory. All in attendance in the large crowd at Oxy Oval would have already circled the round eight clash on June 24 as a must-watch. This will be the only other Port Derby this year in the regular season. The Vikings didn't walk away empty-handed from this match. They earned two critical bonus points. These two bonus points could be quite critical at the end of the season. Here are some comments from Pirates coach Cameron Gray, who was good enough to join the podcast for an interview on Sunday night. The whole interview can be found on the Rolling Moor podcast Facebook page. Uh, thanks for having me, Ben. It's good to be here, mate. Can you tell us your thoughts about the game yesterday? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, was, uh, it was a funny old game. It looked like a game of two halves. I don't want to sound like a, it's one long cliche, but 
we 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 had the wind uh, backs in the first half, and we, and we utilised it, uh, and were able to shoot out to a pretty good lead, I thought. Uh, and then the second half, they um, the Vikings came back at us, and some little discipline and whatnot. I guess let them back in the game, but uh, yeah, I mean. It was pretty good. We we were quite physical when we needed to be. We, we we had sort of planned for them to be really direct with us, and they were. So we got what we expected. And yeah, no, our, our front five, our type five, really stood up, and we we managed to, I think, come away as victors in terms of the collisions. So that that, that was really pleasing, and I think it was good to come out on the right side of the ledger. So uh, I mean, I, I discussed the positives really briefly in terms of the collisions. I thought we were good there. Uh, so I'll, I'll take that away. We, we, we were pretty square with the try line when we were running our attack, so that that, that was good as well. You know, we caught, we scored two, I think from memory, at least two set piece tries. Things we'd practiced, and we were able to execute them, so that that was pleasing. So I guess sticking to the game plan was good. Uh, not so good. We weren't disciplined enough on our own line. At one stage, we only had thirteen blokes. So you know, you, you can't afford to do that uh, going forward. Uh, so I guess it was. I felt like the scoreline slightly was a bit flattering for Vikings, if I'm being honest. I think it was six minutes we had 13 on four. So I'm not surprised that they scored. Uh, and I wasn't disappointed with them scoring. I was disappointed with our discipline. Uh, yeah. But but I felt like on, on balance, we were, the, we, we were the better team. I can't thank Cameron enough for providing his insights and taking time out of his day to be interviewed. In the second first grade game, the Kempsey Cannonballs defeated the SCU Marlins 22 to 8. This was the recorded game and can be found on the New South Wales Rugby TV app. With no signs that missing out on last year's finals was affecting their play, they started the much better of the two teams. Scoring two tries in the first 15 minutes through number 11, Benjamin McCudden, and number 8, Lewis Tyne, to race out to a 12 0 lead. Despite the scoreline, the Marlins had been testing the Cannonball's defence with a crucial error or wrong option, really hurting them in their attacking third. Marlins live wire number nine, Ollie Kenning, exploited the lack of the defender next to the ruck, sniping through the gap to run 15 metres to score next to the posts. The conversion was missed, but a penalty goal on the stroke of half time saw the teams go into the break with the Cannonballs up 12-8 and the game on the line. The Cannonballs' much beefed up pack was excellent in the second half, with their short passing and changing the point of attack a real highlight. They won the breakdown, which allowed quick ball for their backs who were making metres when on the front foot. The Cannonballs again scored two tries within 15 minutes in the second half to stretch the score to 22 to eight. The Marlins, down by 14, switched up the tempo and started to ask many more questions of the Kempsey defence. They made numerous half breaks. They weren't able to finish off any of these half breaks to cross the try line. As mentioned in the commentary, a poor option was taken, numerous errors, some unforced, or brilliant Kempsey cover defence really halted the Marlins when they were hot on attack. Kempsey's domination of the scrums and in tight play would be one area the Marlins would be looking to work on before their next match. On their occasions, their outside backs got front foot ball. They looked quite dangerous, and this might be the platform 
the Marlins build on, Kempsey will be very happy with the result, not only securing a four-try bonus point, with both their forward pack and back unit putting in a solid performance, and with both having the potential to grow in confidence and cohesion, the Kempsey coaching staff will be loving what they see and what they have to work with as they build into season 2023. The Cannonballs have even more to celebrate, with first grade debuts for Will Harg, Alex McCudden, Cohen Rogers and Drew Lancaster adding a little bit of icing on the cake. The Marlins also had a first grade debut, with Tom O'Connor coming off the bench in the second half, playing at 10 and really adding a bit of pace and spark to the Marlins attack. Results from the CH Group Southern Mid-North Coast competition saw in the women's division the Foster Tuncurry Dolphins defeat the Warhope Thunder 35-5 and the Gloucester Cockatoos defeat the Lambert Bulls 54-0. In the men's division, the Warhope Thunder defeated the Foster Tuncurry Dolphins 12-0 at Andrews Park. This is the Thunder's first ever win over the Dolphins. After naming a strong 27-man squad, one thing coach Peter Daly will be most happy about will be keeping the Dolphins scoreless. One of the happiest people in the Thunder team will be prop JJ Hennessy. He scored a swan dive try fit for the pool room. See the image on the Facebook page. This win for the Thunder after sitting out season 2022 will not only be celebrated by the Thunder, but by the whole comp, with more competitive teams a real plus for the competition. Foster Tuntari Dolphins captain coach Blake Polson will be going back to the drawing board and working on the one percenters to look to turn it around for next week. Conceding only 12 points in the first game of this season would be a small positive, and I could imagine the focus at training will be working on finishing off the half chances that they create. The Willamba Bulls defeated the Old Bar Clams 13-10. This match between last year's minor and major premiers and the returning Old Bar Clams was an arm wrestle all the way, with only a penalty goal separating these two teams. Old Bar Clans president Ian Crawford spoke about how one of their main goals this year was to be competitive. And boy, were they competitive. With tries through number 8, Daniel Ford, and number 9, Karolu Natuku, nearly setting up an upset win. The Bulls will be pleased with a first up win as they look to defend their premiership, but more pleased about the benefits the hard-fought game will bring to their season. Old Bar Clams pick up a valuable bonus point with the finish being within 7. Here are some comments from Old Bar's coach, Neil Graham, who joined the podcast on Sunday night. Find the whole interview on the Facebook page. What are your thoughts about the game yesterday? Yeah, I, I, well, first of all, it's good to see uh, rugby back, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, also, good to see the manner and style it was played in. It was, uh, yesterday's game was quite physical, which was good. Um, yeah, Frantic pace at some some points in time, and uh, yeah, so and I think yeah, we're well well enjoyed by the good crowd that was there to see it. Uh, what are some positives and areas to work you'll be taking out of the game? 
probably, yeah, still got to work on a bit more of our ball control, uh, where we rush a few things or we go that one phase too many. Uh, we've got to work on a bit of that. Bit of, yeah, still, still got to work on ball handling, that's for sure. Um, still drop too many. What were some of the positives out of the game? The positive was that, yeah, we had that game one, there was just a few critical little things that let us down that sort of let it slip by us that um, we'll learn by. And, and and that's a... We're now showing the competition that, yeah, we are here and we are, we are going to be a threat to people. Again, I can't thank Neil enough for his insights and for providing the time for the interview. This week's Rugby Stories from the Rolling Mall News Desk. Registration growth in the Mid-North Coast is leading New South Wales in the junior level up to under-18s. An 80% growth has been achieved when comparing retro numbers from mid-April in 2022 to mid-April this season. This is a massive and incredible achievement. Well done to all clubs across the Mid-North Coast. The Mid-North Coast Youth Girls Rugby Competition debuts this Friday night with games to be held at SCU Marlins Park. The other rounds will be spread throughout the zone. Kickoff in the under-14s girls tennis side will be 6pm and with the under-16s girls 7 aside kicking off at 6.30. This is an exciting future for the women's game on the Mid-North Coast. Mid-North Coast players have been playing in the Super W including Kempsey Cannonball's Jess Grant for the ACT Brumbies. She debuted against the Fijiana in round one and has played every game, including the last weekend's semi-final. Brianna Hoy from the Cross Harbour Snappers has again lined up for the Waratahs this year, playing every game, including their semi-final. And SAU Marlins' Maggie McConaughey has been a part of the standard Brumby squad this year. Zane Missios, a Mid-North Coast and SAU Marlins player, made his Queensland Premier Rugby Hospital Cup debut with Bond University in Round 3. In a message from Zane, he said, I'm super keen and ready to perform, and can hopefully cement my spot in the first grade side. He has done this, being picked in the side in the following two weeks. Mid-North Coast and Southern Eagles junior player Emily Marsh made a first grade debut for the Hunter Wildfires women in the Jack Scott Cup last weekend. Emily started rugby six years ago, learning to play at the Navac rugby fields before playing club rugby with the Gloucester Cockies and the Port Macquarie Pirates before moving to play for Maitland. This is a great achievement and really shows the level of coaching and the real progress the junior competition has enjoyed in the southern part of the zone. That's all from the Rolling Mall News Desk. Looking ahead at this week's CS Group Northern Mid-North Coast competition fixtures, the Cos Harbour Snappers are hosting the Hastings Valley Vikings at John Corrie's Rugby Park on Saturday. The Snappers had a buy in round one, but are coming off some red-hot trial form, and they will fancy their chances against the Vikings. The Vikings had a narrow loss against the Pirates, but will come into the game with some confidence that after a slow start, they nearly ran down the Pirates late in the game. Snappers coach Mitch Walton will be looking to play up-tempo rugby and amass the points like in their trials to put the pressure on the Vikings. 
If they can dictate the style and tempo of the game, it will go a long way to winning this one. Vikings coach Lyndon Gale will be looking for his team to have a fast start after last week to control the set piece and to win the collision and to really muscle up and take the game to the snappers up the middle of the park. This should be a cracking match, especially after the snappers' red-hot preseason form. Expect a big crowd for the 3.15 kickoff. In the second Northern first grade match, the Port Macquarie Pirates are hosting the Grafton Redmond at Stewart's Park. The Pirates are coming off their Port Derby victory over the Vikings and will be full of confidence, while the Redmond had the bye in the first round. The Redmond showed some good trial form and all reports are they have a large and mobile forward pack that could be quite damaging this year. And with a large contingent of Fijians arriving any day, they could well be the joker in the pack this year. It's very hard to know what to expect from the Redmond this year, but I imagine they'll be happy to chance their arm and take it up to teams with a running style. The Pirates' victory in Round 1 was built off their dominant set piece, their hard straight running where they won the collisions, and their blistering start. A couple of areas coach Cameron Gray will be working on is their discipline after giving away two yellow cards and their defence under fatigue after letting the Vikings back in the match. Here are some comments from Cameron Gray about the upcoming match. Can you quickly tell us what you're expecting there? Oh, Ben, I, I can't actually. I, I'm expecting the unknown. I, from what I hear, they've recruited a million Fijians and uh, who, who are over here Fruit picking, uh, which is great. So, but you know, there, there's so many stories that uh, you hear in rugby that I've, I've, I've sort of worked out. You just got to play what's in front of you. So I've actually got no expectations other than they'll come ready to play. I'm hoping they bring a strong squad. We we want to be tested every week. This is Cameron's response after being asked, "How do you deal with the unknown quantity the Grath and Redmond are this year?" Oh, we've got a bit of a saying in the coaching group and some of the senior leaders around just controlling what we can control, you know, which is our effort, which is, our, uh, I guess, our intentions. You know, to win the collisions, you've got to have really bad intentions, I think. Not sinister in that you want to hurt someone, but bad in that you've really got to be one. You've really got to, uh, I guess, get your body height low and get ready to knock people out of the way. But by the same token, that you, you you've got to be you know treat every player respectfully and not want to hurt them. But we're in we're in a contact sport, you know we're in the business of collisions. Yeah, and if you win those, you'll generally win the game. So I would say just control what we can control. Keep turning up, make our tackles, and pay them full respect. I think Grafton, based on what I saw last year, they want to give the ball a bit of air like us as well. So I'm expecting them to be strong. I'm I'm definitely hoping that they are. I've got a feeling this could be the game of the round. Kickoff is at 3.15pm at Stewart's Park. The Kempsey Cannonballs and the SCU Marlins have the bye in first grade. Reserve grade only side, Bowerville Goennas are on the road to Crescent Head to take on the Kempsey Cannonballs. Kickoff is at 1.55pm. I'll quickly go through the fixtures that don't line up with the first grade draw. The SCU Marlins are hosting the Kempsey Cannonballs in the under-18s. Kickoff 1145 in the under-16s, the Kenzie Cannonballs are hosting the SAU Marlins at Crescent Head, kickoff 10.30. And in the under-14s, the Kenzie Cannonballs are hosting the Cos Harbour Snaffers Black at 9.30. In the CS Group Southern Mid-North Coast competition, in the men's, the Foster Tuntory Dolphins are hosting the Mandarin River Rats. 
at Peter Barkley Fields. Kickoff is at 3pm. Foster will be looking to put the disappointment around one loss behind them and with a big vocal home crowd looked to return to that exciting counter-attack football they showed in their trial matches against the Warhope Thunder and Marlins. The Manning River Rats had the bye in round one and with no published trial form they are a bit of an unknown quantity. They'll be roaring to go and last year's grand final runner-ups will be looking to heap more pain on the Dolphins by keeping the Dolphins winless. In the second game, the Willamba Bulls are hosting the Warhope Thunder at Orb Ferris Oval in Naviac. Kickoff is at 3pm. This is a battle of the two round one winners and is sure to be a great contest. Can Warhope making their longest away trip back up their numbers after fielding 27 last week and bring that tough defence that saw them keep the Dolphins scoreless. Will the Willamba Bulls arm wrestle victory last weekend be the telling factor in what is sure to be a tough and close game? In the women's, it's the Foster Tuncurry Dolphins hosting the Rats. The Dolphins are coming off a very big victory whilst the Rats had the bye in round one. Will the fresh legs run over the confident Dolphins? Kickoff in this match is at 1.45pm. And the Willamba Bulls are hosting the Warhope Thunder. Both teams found themselves on the wrong end of the scoreline last weekend. Expect both teams to come out fighting to secure that critical first win of the season. Kickoff in this one is at 1.45pm. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Wall podcast. And as always, if you have any tips, information or stories that should be shared with the rugby public, in the North Coast, please get in touch with the podcast at the Facebook page, The Rolling Wall Podcast. Stay true, enjoy the rugby, and go the Tomahawks and Axemen.